We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Who's your hero? Me. Why? Well, this is something that I learned in Cooperstown from the guy who built all of Cooperstown. He always said to every player that went, to be your own hero and she was telling my entire team that you just look in the mirror and that's who your hero is and i feel really really proud about that that was miles obviously with us last year right not two years ago last year was he was on the last two years that's what i mean i yes i feel like that was was, last year yeah it was often the star of the day he definitely was uh he didn't sing but he did everything else he told stories he was funny witty uh, you get the phones ringing, which well, is the I most mean, important was, thing. He was a wise ass. I mean, in the That's best true. in the best way. I mean, it's, there's no, you know, he was he was he was great. He was a great. Nobody knows that obviously better than his mom, Jen, who joins us now. How, how do you feel when you when you hear his voice? Is that it's so it's okay? You know, it it is um, because I know he would really uh, want you guys to be um, doing everything that you can to raise money for this great cause. So. Um, you know, sometimes it's it's tough. You turn the radio on, and there he is. But um, at the same time, I'm so proud um, to hear his voice and um, remember uh, how much he appreciated what you guys uh, did for him and like, will always want uh, to be a part of the Jimmy Fund and, and this telethon. Well, we went to uh, Florida with him on a private jet. <laughs> and uh, as we're walking toward the, down the runway at uh, – Retrex with yeah. our Bobby Orr and our friend Rich Colley. I'm with Jen, and I'm telling her, this, <laughs> I remember this. This is going to be great. This is a blast. The food's great. The, uh, and she looks over at me and goes, I'm not going. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, my, But Miles came, and he was a hit the whole time. He and Bobby Orr hit it off from the beginning. We had lots of pictures of those two hanging out. She doesn't want me to tell the story about the... Uh, his bucket list. Oh, really? <laughs> bucket list. I'm no, I've heard him. it so many times, and <laughs> so have all my, your listeners. My, <laughs> so we're sitting I'm so there. proud as a mom. Miles gets up. He walks, I don't know, I don't even know where he's walking around the plane. I'm sitting there, you know, looking out the window or you know, reading the paper, and he comes back, you know, 10 minutes later and says, well, I can cross another thing off my bucket list. And he goes, what do you mean? He goes, I flew on a private jet, and now I took a dump on a private jet. <laughs> <laughs> Quite the bucket list. But... I said this, Jen, I've said it many times, but I remember getting to know him, and, and then I don't know what point I said, how old are you? And he said, 12. And I said, no, you're not. I thought he was 15 or 16. I, thought, I, 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 I really I, did. I, I thought he was older because he was smarter and wittier and more observant. And he just had a, you know, he was very, uh, had it all going on. New sports, you know, new you know, pop culture things that, that no 12-year-old knew. Is that because, you know, he just took after mom, he was so smart, or did the whole experience... Well, I'd, like to, I'd like to think so, but... Did it just uh, make he him just, grow up quickly? He, he definitely had a, a gift for gab, and he also, um, even from the time he was, you know, a really small child, he was always really comfortable around adults and always loved to just chatter away. Um, and uh, we certainly uh, missed that about him, that we missed that the most just yeah, hearing sure. his voice all the time in was full of noise all the time all the time and uh it, it was 
it was fun. It was um, having him chatted up like that. It was like I never had to worry about him in a, in any situation. He could always um, just be comfortable around anyone. And you know, and even your your story from the plane that I love so much. Um, you know, it just goes <laughs> to show that in a few hours, you know, he, he didn't know you guys not at all. Um, but he, you know, just felt comfortable right away, and you guys. He was hanging out with Bobby Orr. He was perfectly comfortable. I tell the story every day, every time we do this. I we brought our golf clubs because it was a private flight, and I got back to the hotel and, and you know took the cover off. And Miles and Orr had taped all the clubs together and taped the bottom of it. It took me like an hour and a half <laughs> to untape it. And they were like they were fast friends right away. Yeah, yesterday was the first time I actually heard that that part of the story. It doesn't surprise me at all. And um, in fact. Um, Bobby Orr called me uh, just a few days after uh, Miles died. He called me at home uh, to tell me how sorry he was and to tell me um, how much he enjoyed him. And I can't tell you guys, you know, how much that that meant to me to get that that kind of call. Um, I right can tell you the listeners, uh, we got I got so many tweets about they loved him. I mean, they they really did. They he connected Miles. I mean, like like you know. Very few people do. I mean, they they love the guy, and he considered himself what the uh, unofficial producer. Yes, of the show? he was on his uh, his bio on his Twitter feed. He was far uh, too smart, smart Twitter far too issues. smart yeah. to be a producer. Yes. I mean, he was going to be one of the greats. He was. He was going to be a star, and I've never seen anything like his uh, memorial service. I mean, I don't know how, uh, you know, it, I don't know what it meant to you. I'm going to guess it meant a lot, but there had to be two thousand people there, and. Uh, the coolest thing I've ever seen was the kids singing. They're in eighth grade, correct? Yes. Eighth grade. And they sang and and played instruments. And his friend, his best buddy... Uh, Alden, yeah. Alden, who we met, Alden, uh, played this crazy instrument. Yeah. It was some little... What, what do you call that thing? Gyro or something? Where you, it was like a washboard thing. And that's what Miles played, just because he wanted to be in the band. You know, he wanted to meet girls. Right. So he played this silly little instrument where you scratch... Uh, and it's uh, stand I, by me. So yeah, it stand yeah. by me, yeah. and it goes. Yeah, vroom, vroom, yeah. Vroom. Oh, just, sorry, yeah. He just wanted to be in the band, so he started right. playing this instrument. And his best buddy got up and played it at the memorial service, and it was just the most emotional, incredible tribute. He couldn't handle all the people. There were people outside, huge, huge room, a, a, a room for the extras on and a big screen, and then outside, people just looking in the windows. It was an, a tribute that would be like. Fitting for a, a war hero or some kind of, uh, you know, president or politician. It was, the kid was um, 13. It was amazing. Um, and I have to say, um, I'm just so thankful to our community uh, up in New Hampshire, the Oyster River community. Um, Miles uh, touched a lot of people, and they all, um, in turn, touched us right back. Um, you know, we're all going through this uh, together. And um, their support is just endless. The school support everybody in the in the community: parents, kids, coaches, teammates, and, um, and you know the the service is a little bit of a blur for me still, even after uh, three months or so. Um, and I, I certainly appreciated there were you know folks like you, Jerry, who came up from from Boston uh, to be a part of it. Uh, but uh, he was a he was a big big figure in a small community and you guys um allowed him to to reach out to even more folks um and i have to um also thank uh your listeners because after he died i heard from a, a whole bunch of them uh they took the time out to to find me to google me to um email me and uh i had no idea like how 
much support we had all over New England, but um, the exposure that you guys gave to Miles and um, bringing attention to this amazing, amazing cause, um, it meant a lot. How old was he when he was diagnosed? He was 11 when he was diagnosed. The thing I couldn't believe is when we spent some time with him and I uh, saw him a couple of weeks before he passed at the custom house because yes. he wanted a tour of the clock. He wanted to see how the clock worked. Um, he knew it was over by then, didn't he? He did. By and then, he kept he, on he doing, did. I mean, he was doing things like that. He met, had a trip to D.C. He had a sleepover with girls. Well, no. Mom, <laughs> the mom, girls mom, left at mom, 10 o'clock. Oh, right. I, I told him mom was an old-fashioned girl. I, I, I as far as you see, know. I yeah. got to see this. There were still, there still a few boundaries, even though we were trying to do I everything. I got to see this little spat. Mom was giving him a stare. And he said, Mom, you know, <laughs> come on. He was working it. We're just yeah. friends. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, he uh, he did as much as, as he could. And even um, just about a month uh, before he died, he w- we were here in Boston for uh, almost a full month uh, as he was having some, some radiation and it was an outpatient. Uh, he was over at the Brigham doing that every day. And then we had this whole routine because, you know, he didn't want to just go back to the apartment that we were staying in. We had to go over to the Jimmy Fund Clinic. He had to go and say hello to his doctors and to Lisa and to other volunteers and other kids that were there and, you know, kind of make the rounds every day. And then we'd get back. He'd rest for a while. And then it was like, okay, Mom, where are you taking me to dinner tonight? <laughs> and it was usually, you know, tried to... He tried to find the most expensive restaurant. <laughs> really? <laughs> Smart kid. Yeah. Um, but even even then, it was kind of, you know, make the best of it, you know. And um, and everybody, certainly at uh, Dana-Farber and at Children's and also um, over at uh, Radiation Oncology in the Brig, um, they just, they made things as, as positive for him as possible. And um, he went on a school trip. I know you mentioned that a few times um, to Washington D.C. A big eighth grade school trip, and it was sort of like the the doctors knew um, how important it was for him to go on this trip and just got him in the best shape that they could possibly get him in to be strong enough to go on that trip. His dad uh, went on the trip with him. He was uh, in a wheelchair by that by that time, of course, and um, it you know it wasn't easy for him. It was. Um, he was tired, but the school was amazing. The teachers, chaperones, were amazing and just um, letting him kind of pick and choose the most important things. And if he had to go back to the hotel with Dad, he could do that so that he had more energy to do, you know, uh, river cruise at night right. or, or whatever it was. How do you tell he was, I was I'm sorry. I was going to say he was the one thing you would say in our experience with him. I would say fearless is a word I would use yes. to describe him for sure. I mean, was he... So he knew he was going to die. Obviously, was he afraid of of what were those? Con- what's that conversation? How do you tell I, I, a twelve I, I, as, 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 I was going to say, there's no parent, hope. I, I don't know how you have that conversation. It's obviously, you know, the most difficult conversation that you're ever going to have. But I think it was a series of conversations, and right. I think that because he was so involved with his care and his treatment from the very beginning, um, he was always at the table while we were. Um, talking with his doctors while he was getting the bad news. Um, in fact, he didn't like, you know, being called in for a big family meeting to have a big conversation. He's like, just talk to me as it's happening. And so I think that, um, you know, as he went through the various treatments and we certainly had a lot of hope and, and there were periods where he had a lot of strength and, you know, he was playing football on, uh, you know, with a, a prosthesis and, I mean, people couldn't, couldn't believe what he was able to do. What was the hockey he did? He did his... Sled hockey. It was something that he was going to try. Um, And he uh, 
the trainer that he was working with in New Hampshire was the coach of the um, UNH lead hockey That's team, right, yeah. and uh, you know brought him into some of his practices just so he could you know give it a try and uh he he really did like it and it was amazing he was you know he was working with paralympians and you know gold medalists and um so he kept going throughout um and i think that i mean we had a lot of support uh from the folks at children's and dana farber um they have an advanced care team that's amazing and even when they brought them in i almost felt like it was too soon but then you realize that you don't want to be meet you don't want to be meeting them for the first time when you when you need them, you want to kind of get to know them. And he was able to do that. Um, and with Miles, you just didn't, you didn't have to sugarcoat stuff. I mean, he wanted to know the truth and he wanted to understand and be able to, to make informed decisions about his own care. Um, he was on some uh, palliative chemotherapy pills for a while. Um, it wasn't, wasn't working. The cancer was still progressing. And eventually he said, you know, I, I don't want to do this anymore. And, you know, he made decisions about uh, alternative and complementary therapies and herbalism and massage and just things to make him feel better day to day so that he could do the things that he wanted to do, like see his friends and hang out. And, you know, I had a lot of teenagers over the house for a lot right, of those last girls. weeks. And but one, of, one of the last trips he took was the Jimmy Fine. I mean, that was, uh, I mean, the uh, Red Sox the trip. The Red Sox trip. Spring training, that's in March. In March, yeah, and we really didn't think he was going to be able to go on that on that trip. Um, and uh, our social worker Deborah Burke uh, said, "No, you guys, he's fine to go. We we send t- ten nurses and ten doctors and all of the um, staff on Lisa's team and and others uh, who volunteer to go down and help with these kids." And I think that he was the only one that was full time in a wheelchair, but it was like no big deal. And he um, he had an amazing time on that trip. He had gone down with you guys the the year before, and that was right. awesome. That was a totally different experience. But it was he knew the kids in the clinic. He knew the other kids. But you know, sometimes they they're not that social while they're in treatment. You know, they're having their chemo. He, you know, had become so friendly with so many of these kids in such a short period of time and um hanging out with the players and i mean he was even taking batting practice from his wheelchair um which was amazing um so again you know what the jimmy fund can do to provide these amazing experiences for these kids and it's not just you know meeting the celebrities and all of that but it's um, time away uh, with other teenagers who are going through the same thing. Um, and it's, I mean, it's incredible. Of course, um, going to spring training in Florida in March also helps when, <laughs> when it's uh, freezing cold here. Um, but uh, yeah, we have the picture of him floating around the lazy river with his uh, magic leg. Yes. What, what did he call the leg? The uh, well, trick he, leg or something? He, he had a number of names yeah. for it. He, he <laughs> called it a, a, finee, a foot knee. Um, so you know, we always tried to get him to, to sort of name it, but he never did that. He just kind of referred to it. And, and I didn't like to call it the good leg and the bad leg. I called, you know, I just said the long leg and the short leg. It was like the foot was backwards because of the yeah, surgery. He, he had a rotation plasty and um, the cancer was um, located in a precarious spot, uh, went you know through his knee basically. And he could have had an above knee amputation. Um, but with a rotation plasty where they saved his foot and actually turned his ankle into his knee, it's a hard thing for people to picture um, on the radio. Um, 
he, they're showing it on Nesson right are now. Are they there showing it? Okay. <laughs> yeah, looking good, kiddo. Um, Lisa doesn't look bad in no, a bathing suit. All right. Yeah, I was talking about Lisa. <laughs> yeah, <I'll be> <laughs> no, um, you know, he had a blast, um, but he was able to, you know, have a special prosthesis um, and learn to use it. And he could run and steal bases, and he was playing nose tackle for his football That's right, team. Like tackle, and, tackle, and tackle he, football. And he and played halfback and, and scored touchdowns and extra points, and um, it was. It was incredible, and that's, you know, all the work that's done down here, Dana-Farber Children's Hospital. He just had an amazing team of, of doctors. The nurses, I can't say enough about. Um, they're amazing people, and everybody, everybody here, um, they're like family. They become your family, and you, you truly love them, and they love you too. And even when Miles relapsed, you know, we knew it was out there. We knew it was a possibility. It happened quicker than we, than we thought. And we came back down here, you know, to discuss what the next steps were. And we're leaving. And he says to me and his dad, he said, you know, it's not what I wanted, but it's really good to see everyone. I mean, he really, he missed them. Um, and, and I certainly miss them too, because they're such a big part of your life when, you're going through something like this um, and you're away from home and they just take you in and it's it's not just the child. I mean, the patient is number one, obviously, but they took us all in and uh, I, I, I just can't say enough about that and, and, and how much that meant to us. I, I you know, I, I would just ask you, I, I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you get out of bed in the morning now. I, don't, I mean, I, you know, I, how, how do you do it? You know, I think... Um, We've all experienced some loss this year, and it's been a tough one. Um, sure, and Jen, I probably I mean, do yeah, it, you know, the same way that, that you do. You just do it one day at a time. And, I mean, there are definitely days when it just it seems unreal and, you know, that he's going to walk in the door at any second. Um, you know, I also I get a lot of strength from my younger son, Lewis, who um, is amazing. He's an athlete like his brother. Um, you know, we were sort of right back to the – the baseball field after right. miles died and of course we were back at the baseball field that's where he'd want us to be and uh i think that um playing ball uh makes uh lewis feel closer to his brother and the community around um youth sports and baseball in particular it was like that was home that was that was where we needed to be and so uh lewis played uh baseball through the summer he just finished a couple weeks ago and is off to camp now but um I think that that was a big part, having the community, the sort of the routine, the schedule, you know, it's all baseball all the time. So, um, so that helped. And uh, yeah, like I said, I have another son and he went through, you know, this two plus year sure. ordeal. Also, he was eight when Miles was diagnosed. He's 10 now. Um, a lot of changes. Uh, we tried really hard to uh, make sure that, that one of us, his dad or I was back home for Lewis as hard as it was to leave miles meaning we needed to do that but we couldn't be there all the time and um he's he's grown up a lot in these last couple years I'm real proud of his brother but uh you know you see you see the influence his older brother had on him it's that influence and that infectious energy that is going to resonate for a long long time I think that it must make you so proud to know that people are going to remember miles and what he meant and what he meant to 
uh, this event and what he's going to continue to mean to this event and you know golf tournaments like we'll have in the fall uh, in memory of Miles and he's helped raise a lot of money by himself just being the person he was. Well, I can't uh, thank you guys enough um, for honoring him in the way you have and for um, keeping his memory alive in the way you have. And I, um, Lisa, Lisa Sherver said, <laughs> we're looking at a We're looking at a tweet. Twitter, Twitter yeah. profile. Yeah. Um, he says he's the co-producer of, of Kirk and Callahan. He's best friends of us, yeah. His best friends right. of us, That's as we point yeah, out. He's absolutely. way too smart to be a producer. Yes. He yeah, would have been something... Well, Lisa said, Lisa Sherber said more. Lisa Sherber said that she was, you know, almost surprised that I'd be able to come down so soon, and you know, she was real sensitive to that. But um, you know, when she first asked me, I, I wasn't sure right away, and I thought about it about 24 hours. I'm thinking Miles absolutely would insist that I come down here. I mean, it was almost kind of like, Mom, <laughs> what, what's the issue here? And, um, and you know, that's, that's why I'm here. Um, I would love to write a giant check to the Jimmy Fund, and I'll write as many small ones as I can, but I hope that um, if we can together get lots and lots of people to support this amazing um, cause, uh, you know, I want to do whatever I can to help. Well, we appreciate that, and you've... Uh You've certainly done that yeah. today. Jen, thanks for coming down, and thanks for doing what you have done. And uh, I can promise you we're not going to forget your, your kid. No, definitely not. We, uh, no, we definitely love to have him around. So thanks so much for joining us, Jen. Thanks for having me, guys. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 